Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Is this Marshall Gillen? What's going on, brother? Hey, brother. Welcome to my my show, Vertical Momentum. Uh, guys, this is going to be a fun episode. Um, it's going to be, if you're ever wanted to be a public speaker, you need to get a pen and paper down because this <laughs> my brother's going to be dropping some knowledge. But first of all, I want to say uh, without this man that I'm about to interview, there would be no comeback coach. There would be no public speaker, no author, no hmm. book. Marshall uh, has been a little brother to me, but a lot of times he's been a big brother to me. But first, I want to thank our sponsor, you know, because I know that my brother Marshall is big into fitness. And uh, I got hooked on energy drinks when I was in the military. Hmm. And now I'm only since I got old, I'm, I'm an old man now. I'm only allowed to have one a day. And the one that, day that I, I choose is a company called Bonvera and a product called um, Physics Zero. So thank you, Jason Lane Curtis of Bonvera, for sponsoring the show and always keeping me energized. Love you, brother. So, Marshall, talk to me, brother. How are you doing? Dude, I'm doing good. I literally just – I just – I got to I gotta figure out what this sponsored drink is all about because I, 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 I limit – I don't do too much – like quote unquote bad stuff for my body these days, but I do have an energy drink every morning and you know, I'm like, I'm looking for the right one. And so I, I maybe it's just fate that I ended up here this morning and uh, hearing that sponsorship. Uh, that is about the only supplement I take, but uh, dude, I'm doing so good, man. Just had a workout. Life is, um, is uh, changing and transforming and metamorphosed and more metamorphing into, you know, newer growth and cool stuff, man. And it's just really, truly an honor to be here on Vertical Momentum. And dude, it's like I said, like, you know, you, you nailed it, bro. Like, I look at you like a big brother to me. And uh, it's, it's an honor. The things that you said about me are incredibly kind. It means the absolute world to me. It, uh, you have no idea. The timing is impeccable. And I'm just honored to be here. I'm glad to share this space. And I don't know if you saw earlier, earlier today, dude. But we literally went live together on your show this date two years ago, May no 6th. So, yeah, May 6th, bro. We went live two years ago today. I didn't even cool, look man. at my memories today because we're getting ready for my father-in-law's funeral today. Oh, man. So I, I didn't, I didn't even get a chance to do that. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I love the things you're doing, and I love the stuff you got coming up this, this weekend. You got a big event coming up. We're talking yeah, about dude. that. Yeah, going out of business sale next week, bro. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. This is your moment. This is going to be your TEDx talk. This this is going to be the one that's going to everybody <laughs> be like, hey, I remember when he, he retired. So, yeah, right. So, you know, I love, you know, me and you, we've been through a lot over the years. You know, you know, we've both been in recovery. You know, we both had a lot of stuff going on. Um, there were a lot of highs, a lot of lows. You know, we have a lot of mutual friends, Robert Garcia, Manny Wolf. Um, and I'm just grateful that you've been in my life all these years. So now, you know, and one thing I love about you is there's nothing off limits with you. Yeah, for you sure. And, and that's the same thing with me. It's like, all right, you know, well, I, I was an addict. I, you know, I am what I am. And if you don't like it too bad. Yeah, well, I think that's an interesting point to start or a place to start, man, because it's like, I am today's day 93 of me uh, going sober from alcohol and cocaine, which even like, I, I don't know if people, what people think an addict 
looks like. But, you know, what's interesting to me in now day 93, and I, I really don't have any desire to drink again. Well, I actually have a question for you, speaking of this, but I think for anybody listening, whatever it is that you're struggling with, like whatever you're addicted to, like you can be addicted to too much fitness. You can be addicted to too much work, too much pornography, too much food, too much shopping, gambling, drinking, drugs, like whatever, right? And in this world where we're constantly conditioned to be distracted nonstop, it's no wonder that everybody is so full of anxiety and depression and anger and sadness because literally our brains and our hearts are going haywire. And so it's interesting because if you're listening to this, like it's day 93 of my sobriety and I, I me, Marshall Gillen, never drinking again, like that's crazy, big bro. Like, what are we talking about, Richard? But uh, I'm so happy and my life has started to change dramatically. And if anybody is addicted right now or going through recovery, I'm, I promise you it's worth it to stick to it. I promise you, even in the darkest, like, oh my God, Richard, you probably, I don't know if you saw any of the videos I was posting like a couple of weeks ago, but it was the darkest of my life, man. And, uh, you know, the, the, if you can just keep weathering the storm, but I would love to talk, how many, how long have you been sober for? 32 years. Man, that's so awesome, bro. But, you know, I was going to say, you know, um, you know, Marshall, I'm giving you permission. You can drink any day, but just not today. Right. I like that. That's the thing that I learned in my uh, NA classes. That's the first thing they're talking about is a little motto, a mantra um, just for today. I will or I won't. Right. Like yeah. whenever it's getting and even even in the beginning, because I went through a gnarly breakup at the same right in the middle of my sobriety. And I was like, I was like, felt like I was relished back to my cabin out in the mountains like that. Job. I'm at my cabin here in Montana. And I went from like having this whole life to it all being gone in the midst of my sobriety. And it was like it was so dark. But what I learned is that mantra and, you know, they, they say use it by day, day by day, but it got to a point where I had to use it like morning to afternoon to evening. Like, okay, just for, to, just for this morning, I'm going to stick to my routine and my plan. Like just for this afternoon, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Even though I'm sad or I'm angry, I'm going to believe that I'm good enough, you know? And, and I know it sounds like crazy, but you know, anybody that's seen me or knows me, like I, I'm not some like little tiny, like woo woo kind of guy. Like I'm a farm boy. I grew up on a farm in the Midwest. I live in Montana. Right. But there really is something to you know, acknowledging the love that you want to feel and getting focused on what you want to create. And uh, for me, uh, taking control of my addictions uh, literally changed my life. And so it's it's really cool to be talking to you and like I said, you know, God is so great all the time. And I think it's uh, fitting that we're making this during, you know, Mental Health Awareness Month and, um, you know, everything that we've been through. It's just such you know, an honor, man. Like I said, I've known you from when you were sitting rooftop, having parties in the rooftop pools. Oh, man. To now, yeah. you know, being on the, in the beautiful country of, you know, yeah. the country yeah. land of, of Montana. Yeah. So, you know, talk to us. Break Ultra story. shock. Tell us a little bit about, you Bro. know, I always believe that you know especially when i talk to speakers yeah i, I want to get to know the man behind the microphone yeah dude you know because like i'm not a big grant cardone guy right um but i am a big les brown guy right he can he he knows he he talks about him you know him as a child growing up yeah you know so that's the kind of person that you are so yeah. it's about little marshall you know, I think it's interesting, dude. Um, the we've been lied to, like we everybody has been lied to, man. And the lie is that it's. I mean, 
listen, we're taught, that's not where that taught. Well, we are taught, but we're taught and mostly conditioned though to believe that happiness is just on the other side of whatever. The way that culture and Western society is set up, it's set up for, uh, it's like a carrot on a stick. It's like happiness is always going to be right in front of you. You know, you have to go get this, go do this. And then we live in this, in this world where everything is reflected back against each other, meaning with social media, it's like no matter which way you look, you're going to have an opportunity to compare yourself to somebody else and then to judge yourself, right? And so it's interesting because the lie, you know, if you grew up with not a very much money and you grew up in the sticks where people didn't tell you you can be whatever you wanted to be and everybody was an alcoholic or, you know, went to church 15 times a week, like, or joined the military. And not there's anything wrong with any of that. But the thing it is, like, if you were raised poor, broke-minded, no idea, no mentors, nothing, like, what we're taught is that if you can make a lot of money, then you're going to be happy because that's the only thing you don't have. Like you're hanging out in the garage at the machine shed on weekends, like drinking beer with your friends, laughing, listening to music, working on cars, but we're not taught that that's enough. And it's interesting because what I discovered going from San Diego out here to Montana now, which was very drastic because I went from literally living in a luxury. I went from living at the beach, literally living at the beach in San Diego for like 11 years to then finding my career as a speaker and a transformation coach and then traveling the world and speaking on stages and then hosting my own events, which Richard was talking about, you know, downtown last year, San Diego, I'm downtown in a luxury high rise, 21st floor. We're having rooftop parties at the pool. I'm throwing events every month. You know, hundred people are showing up and it was like everything that I worked my ass off for everything that I preached, like everything I preached for six years all of a sudden, I'm standing on that rooftop. I have more money than I've ever made before. My clients are making multiple seven figures from my trainings. I'm changing people's lives. They're messaging me daily, telling me that, you know, all kinds of crazy things. I was going to commit suicide. One guy messaged me the other day, a veteran. Oh, he's an active vet in the, in the army. And he was like, I was going to drown myself in my bathtub, bro. But my dog wouldn't let me. And for some reason, I grabbed my phone and a video of you crying, just letting it out. He's like, it saved my life, you know? And I got to a point, Richard where I was standing in my, my high rise downtown San Diego. I had everything, I had all the money. I had the, the, the girl for the power couple. I had the trips, I had everything. And I had never been so lonely and so empty. And so I felt like, I felt like somebody I loved more, most in the world had come up and just sucker punched me right in the stomach. And what I mean, it's like, I built my entire life around the idea that if I could just go get money, and help a bunch of people and make everybody happy that I would surely be loved in return. But the thing that I know now that I didn't know then is that I wasn't able to do that because I didn't know how to love myself. And not only was I, did I not know how to love myself, I wasn't even fucking willing to try to do it. And so I had to change everything drastically. And it's been an interesting journey, brother, because it's like, uh, you know, I've spent over, you know, 200, $200,000 over the last four years on my business mastery, my personal development, masterminds, coaching events, uh, um, you know, traveling to do these things. And I'm, I'm proud to do that. I invested that money so my clients don't have to. That's the point of working with somebody like coaches like us, right? But uh, in 2019, when I had this revelation, I, had, I, I became very public about it. And most of the people that I invested in and most of the people that I met in those investments I made and most of the people that invested in me who I got results for abandoned me. They talked shit about me behind my back and they, you know, said their little things. And I saw all that. And I 
I remember all of that, you know, it wasn't that long ago. And so it's been fun though, because, um, you know, like I've made my clients $114 million. I've, I've made almost a half a million dollars myself from a broke ass bartender, literally a bartender with no experience at all. Just took a fucking phone and went live every day. I was like, Oh, I'm Marshall live. And people started watching, right? Like, so point being is, um, it's an exciting time for me, dude. Cause yeah, for me, I was called out here to Montana. I live in a cabin now and the- I have found God through nature. And what I realize is, you know, God is inside of me. It's inside of all of us. It's not like something external and, you know, going in and re-engineering my entire reality from the inside out, which we hear about all the time, it's completely changed everything, like everything. And so not to sound like a weirdo, but it's like, I've never been so present and right now ever, I've never been so aware and accepting that the future and the present doesn't exist, except for when I sit down and close my eyes and visualize it in my mind. And then that really truly plays out stuck in these loops like we get stuck in these loops man we're like we don't even we don't even know and most of us are so hurt from pain or you know trauma in the past that we're not even willing to look ourselves in the mirror and admit why and so i think more than anything what i'm excited about with my journey for sobriety why i'm excited to be connected to leaders like you you know why i'm excited to be part of vertical momentum and and spread this message dude is it's like you know we've been lied to you know tony robbins says it that Financial success without fulfillment is the ultimate failure. Meaning that if you make a lot of money and you still feel empty inside, like what the fuck are you doing? You know? And that's where I came to, dude. And And I was like, what's going on? You know, especially this being mental health, mental health awareness month, you know, just think of, you know, Robin Williams go out to speak to thousands of people and then come home and hang himself in a closet. Yeah. Because nobody knew what he was going through. And he never put it out there publicly, you know, like one of my favorite guys, you know, I'm not a big San Diego guy, but uh, one of my my favorite players of all time was Junior Seau. Oh, yeah. And when, you know, when he committed suicide, his kid said if he would only told us what he was going, we could have helped him. So, you know, that's people need to hear this stuff. It needs to get out there and have real people talking about it, not these like oh bullshit you hear on tv you know okay send us ten thousand dollars you can go to rehab and yeah. be on the beaches of california you know it's what's like, interesting no. about that is is there's a couple of things man first off i agree with you 100 percent um mental health awareness month drives me nuts and i actually am not a big fan of the mental health awareness movement and i'll explain that in a second but it's like um you know one thing that i think when i hear that big bro is like Cause I know a lot of people feel like that they're, they're like you and I, they're trying to build a brand and then they look at these people online and it's like, dude, you're not even talking about the real shit. Like you're not truly helping anybody. Yeah. You're like creating some awareness, but you're making money for yourself. And that's what drove me most crazy about the speaking and coaching industry. And I've spoken on stage with some of the most famous people in the world because of the investments that I've made, I've gotten access to masterminds and then one degree of separation from, you know, the one person. And so what I found is that most of the people that we follow and most of the people that we see online, no matter if they're a big, massive influencer or like even down to micro influencers, I've met most of these people. I'm telling you, it's a small click. It's a small world. And they're now all they're cracked up to be. And that's when my, my foundation really started to crack towards the end of 2018. When I was like, these people don't have shit together. And there's something that God gave people's pain i can clearly see the frustration and the and the hurt and for some reason god put it in my mind and my heart to compute that and so as i'm growing as a speaker and as a person i'm traveling the world and i'm on stage and i'm listening to these people i'm like 
dude, I know what you're doing. Like you're only saying the story like that because you're trying to make money on these people. And I started to get really frustrated and it started to spiral out of control. And I started to have a lot, a lot of um, animosity towards the industry as a whole. And so the reason I'm bringing this up, dude, is because it's like, I hear what you're saying. It's like, you look at the people in the news and you're like, dude, fuck you. Like I'm out here doing the real stuff. But what I would do is looking back at it now for me personally and to anybody else that might feel like that, because I felt like that. I would say you, we got to switch that perception because you may be right, but that still only waters the seed of anger. It still only waters the seed of, of, uh, you know, uh, of uh, frequency that, that we're not vibing with. It's not, it's not a God frequency. Right. And so what I think is cool, dude, is that when I see things like that now that used to trigger me, I just look at it as affirmation that the mission that God gave me is so big that that's why he gave it to me because it's an uphill battle. And this only the strongest are called to serve it. And so for me personally, what's changed my life is being able to switch my, over the last few months now, right? Is being able to switch my perspective and be like, this just proof putting that, that, that God's message is needed. And so for me, I've used this now as a, what used to be a sense of me wanting to contract and go in and shut down and be like, fuck it, what's, it, what's even the point? Or to wake up with no energy being like, God, here we go again to make content that nobody's going to watch or listen to, to whatever, right? When I switched it and I was like, man, that's so cool. Like that guy doesn't know what's going on. I'm going to be a rock star soon. I know it. I can feel it because the world needs this. And I just stay true to my my work. And, and I know you do too. And so I think that's the, fir the first thing. But let me ask you, dude, how do you feel about um, the mental health awareness? Like, yeah, is that something that, how, what's the story? I know that you're big in mental health awareness. How do you feel about it being a month in the whole movement? And like, where do you see it, you know, accomplishing what it's designed to do? And where do you think there's weak points that we can improve on? Well, I mean, okay, let's, I mean, because I'm going to be real, which is yeah. something that I've always been real. Um, I think the 22 push-ups a day is bullshit. Um, yeah. And how about making 22 phone calls? How about sending 22 text messages? You know, how about, you know, using your messenger, send 22 messages a day, you know, let people know that it's okay not to be okay. And I think a lot of people... Um, especially in now with the whole uh, Instagram, social media and TikTok, um, a lot of people are just trying to compare it to other people. And, you know, maybe you don't have a million followers and people are, you know, the, it's amazing how many TikTok stars are committing suicide. Yeah. Not really being talked about. But, you know, I tell people, you know, don't worry how many followers you got. Jesus only had 12 and he changed the world. True, you know, but I think the mental health it needs to be talked about, and I think it's being talked about a little bit more. So, but just for it should be mental health every day because everybody has somebody in their family struggling with it, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree. I, I agree, man. I think the thing that's I guess kind of annoys me about it, which is just again proof that like the mission of talking about total human health is so important, but it's like it's so Western it's such a Western culture way to approach trying to heal somebody is like compartmentalizing or separating like all the health, like, Oh, you do have physical health and you have mental health and like, yeah, but you also have spiritual health and emotional health. And we are a whole person. Like we're a whole being. And it's cool to talk about mental health as maybe like a gateway entrance, but it's like, Robin Williams killed himself for a lot of reasons. You know, it, it, science is so simple. If you move your body and you treat it well and it's and you take care of it hormonally, you're going to function better. Like that's the that's the that's the system that God gave us to play in. And when you start to feel and think better, 
are you start to have better better actions and when you take better actions you get better results and so it's like you know the thing about mental health is like yeah it's cool but it's like what about mental spiritual physical emotional health treating it and training it all is one thing educating a person as a whole and it's like why does it have to be a month why can't we just take care of ourselves take ownership for our lives and understand that god gave us the greatest gift of all which is this body and and the ability to literally turn thoughts into things it's like i know it sounds woo to a lot of people but it's like that's that that's my mission right is i'm trying to be like yo it's about total human health and literally when you get your total human health aligned you can transform your life into anything yeah because you know a lot of people don't realize that if one thing is off it's going to throw everything off everything you know i mean everything i don't care how dedicated you are and driven you are like if when you wake up in the morning you have to drag yourself out of bed and you're sucking down caffeine or whatever to get through the day and every day is a grind like you're doing it wrong like that's not that's not how it's supposed to be like God didn't design it like that. Jesus wasn't grinding through every day. He woke up and felt called to fulfill his message. So he walked. He they couldn't even do it at home. He had to he had to leave home to go prove everybody at home hated him. He, but he had to go to other towns and spread his missions. And so all I'm saying is it's like, you know, to anybody listening, it's like I get it if you're dealing with mental health, but if you're dealing with mental health and that affects your business or your financial health and that and then that, you know, translates to your relationship health. I'm like, I got news for you. Just fixing your mental health is not going to do shit. You need to figure out how you're going to wake up in the morning and take care of your 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 avatar, your body. What what is the way to get it primed to do the work that God called you to do every day? And and it comes down to habits and routines, right? Okay, then let me ask you a question about that because this is, um, you know, I remember for a while, you know, because I think everybody body's different. Everybody's 100%. body reacts different to different things. Absolutely. And if you don't, you know, they say if you don't try anything new. You know, you're you're just surviving. You know, you're not you're not growing at all. So, I mean, I remember there was a time when you were just on a carnivore diet. Yeah, I still am. And, and then the at one point you went to a plant based diet. I was vegan for a year. Yep. So, you know, and one thing might work for one person and one thing might work for another person. So tell me what the difference is, how you felt plant-based and meat-based. Yeah. Here's the thing about that, right? I've done all the things because I, because I'm alive. Like I want to know how to optimize the human experience to the fullest. And I love to learn the reason people meet me in person. They go, "Ma, you have even more energy in person than, than you do on video. Like, how's that even possible? And I'm like, dude, because I love being alive every day. I wake up to have my life changed. And so it's like, but it's it's like that because of how, how I live my life. And so the thing it is, is I don't try to become rigid to anything. I'm malleable. I try to be flexible in everything and I want to learn everything. And when I find something that strikes a chord that makes something, I can feel something inside of me get excited. I want to try that shit. So I went vegan for a whole year. The only reason I say 100% plant-based is because I still had honey every now and then within that plant-based diet. But I went vegan for a year because I'm like, I'm a coach and a leader. I, I'm here to heal people. If I don't try these things myself, how do I know? Like, you know, dude, in, in the weight room, we call it time under the bar. Like, if you don't have time under the bar, don't be coming up to me and telling me about my form. Okay, Mr. Nassim, certified trainer, go sit down. And it's about to be a dick, but it's like time under the bar counts for something. And so it's like, when I look at my life as a whole, 
you know, these are the things that I think about. How do I, how do I show up and live that every day? And so I, I want to be able to try these things and show people, hey, I'm willing to do what it is I'm preaching. And I shift a lot. And to a lot of people, they judge me, but they judge me because they're judging themselves that they don't have the goal to do it. Why, why on earth would you ever fucking wake up on a day and do something you don't like? And then not only that, why the fuck would you do it over and over? Like, why would you do that? To me, I'm not judging. I'm not trying to like, I'm like, why, why would somebody do that? You're going to die. You're literally going to die. You can't move somewhere. You can't hide from it. You can't outrun it. And death becomes the greatest equalizer. And so it's like, yeah, I try all these things until I find what works for me. I've done a lot of fitness and workouts, but for me, there's a certain type of working out that I love to do. Maybe for you, it's surfing or stand up paddle boarding or playing handball or running or jogging or whatever. The point of it is, is that a body is meant to be moved. That's how God made it. We are designed to move. And when we move it, we, fe we feel better and we look better and we function better. And it allows us to perform better in every area of our life. Relationship, parenting, loving, business, health, like whatever. Better friend. It allows us to perform better in everything because energy is everything. And so what I always tell people, I'm like, yo, try it. Oh, well, I, I'm, what if I don't like it? Then quit. Then switch it. Well, what people are going to say, talk shit. So what? Like, Go out and live your life and understand that you only have right now today. And if you only had right now today, what would you try? If you tried something you didn't like, would you keep doing it because, oh, I got to stay committed to it? No. If you know you're the type of person that is going to show up and do their job every day, then don't feel bad for switching to something and trying to optimize your life. Right now, I am mostly a carnivore diet. It's more of an animal diet. And to be honest with you, brother, it may change. What I've really discovered about me is that I like to eat... Um, I like to eat, uh, like very primal, like a very primal nature, meaning that I like to eat what we were designed basically to eat, which if you're thinking back to, you know, back in the old days when, uh, you know, it was like cavemen, you know, they were basically fasting and they were eating whatever they could eat. They were eating berries and they were eating tubers and they were eating meat. And so not that it has that anybody needs to live like I'm living. I'm just saying like, that's how I think. I'm like, oh, cool. I'm just going to eat however people used to eat. And, I, and additionally, I eat to the region. So if I'm like in Tulum, I'm like, well, what were my Aztec, because I'm half Aztec ancestors eating? What were they munching on, right? If I'm in Montana, I'm like, okay, cool. What's the Blackfoot tribe, which is the Indian tribe here, the Native American? What were the Blackfoot Native Americans eating? Here in Montana, there, you know, and so I try to eat like that for me personally. And then in addition to that, I try to eat seasonally. So now if I'm eating here, like if I'm in Montana, like what season is it? Is it? What were they eating during the season? Because I want to be in tune with, with, with the very primal nature, the evolutionary code that God gave me. But I only found that out through testing multiple, multiple things. And so I'd always say, dude, you got to get in where you fit in, you know, like go find out what works best for you. I've, I've had results on both diets for Marshall Gill in the way that I'm designed and my warrior archetype is I'm designed to eat very primal nature and I'm a messenger and that's what I'm here to do. And so for me that worked, but it only came through trial and error and being willing to try something new, but then also being willing to admit like this sucks. I don't like it. And then move on from, it, you know, you know, I love it. You know, like for me, intermittent fasting helps, helps me a lot. I feel a little bit more energized. You know, I feel a little bit more energized when I wake up in the morning and I take my, my turmeric, and my milk thistle and my lemon juice, I feel better, but it might not work for everybody. And yeah. it's okay because 
you know, in the end, it's just me and my creator. So it really doesn't matter what anybody that's, says, dude, you know, that's the thing. dude, that's the thing. It's like when you die, all this goes away. Like the second that you die, everything's black or whatever. Right. But whatever it is, this universe, like earth, uh, space, universe, flat earth, round earth, uh, freaking, you know, uh, Illuminati, not Illuminati. Like it doesn't matter. Like the, the, the reality of it is, is when the lights go out, all of it goes away to you. Like it, it all does. Whether you believe in space is this big, huge, massive, infinite thing that happens or if you're like that's all bs and we live in a freaking fishbowl like it doesn't matter and that's what people are missing about living life is everybody's so fucking busy trying to prove a point because they didn't feel validated or accepted or loved as a child so now they've overcompensated in other areas where they think they can earn this by their performance but we don't live in a performance-based reality it's only you it's a human universe when you die that's it it's all gone so it's irrelevant what Richard thinks or this listener thinks or that person thinks, I'm only looking out for me. And if I know that the secret to life is growing and giving, then every day I'm going to try to grow and give as much as I can. And to me, I'm not going to argue and spend any more time, not that anybody is, I'm saying I'm not going to argue and spend time trying to convince anybody of anything because what I've come to understand is that God is inside of me and I can feel him inside of me. I can feel her inside of me. And when I choose to live in, in live of the world but not in the world right it's like it's very interesting it's like you start to look at life and realize that you don't need to prove anything to anybody not even yourself you just got to wake up and do what makes you feel good every day and what people don't understand is when they stop trying to be somebody that they're not what feels good is is like moving your body and being in the sun helping your neighbor the good feeling you get from helping somebody else like it's there's no secret to life that's all it is set some goals Try to feel as good as you can every single day and as energetic as you can every day and give back to the moment. Every time you have a chance in the moment to give back, give back. Open the door, pull out the chair, give the compliment, smile at the person, donate the money. Don't worry about what they're going to do with the energy. And I think that if we could talk more about that, like more about just you know, surrendering and letting go and letting God and living in the moment and focusing on the things that make you feel good, which is total human health. It's like I think a lot of people would be would, – be a lot happier you know and suicide rates would go down a lot more because people just want to feel good and feel loved but we're looking to accomplish it i feel like in the wrong way you know most of the people in the world yep you know and i think you know if people would be present you know they say you know that if you have one foot on tomorrow and one on uh yesterday you're just pissing all all over today you know, so if you could just be present, you know, the, you hear a lot of old people talking about the good old days. Well, these are the good old days. What we're doing right now are the good old days, yeah. you know. And like I said, I'm not a big Grant Cardone guy, but I loved his book 10X for one reason. Because he said in that book, the only thing I got from the book was that from this moment on, and I tell all my listeners, anything that happens in your life is your fault. Yeah. And once you accept responsibility is once you become free because there's no more blaming others. There's no more blaming my daddy, my, my mommy, my grandma. I know. I mean, things are going to happen, but like one of my mentors, Ed Milet says, things don't happen to you. They happen for you. Absolutely. And everything is a teachable moment. So, you know, talk about being present in whatever you're doing. Yeah. You know, I, first off, being present 
is changed my life. The thing I, I do want to say though, for for any listeners that are listening, because my experience with Grant ha- has makes me laugh. Um, I love Grant. I, I have had the opportunity to work with Grant multiple times, uh, privately in private masterminds multiple times, be his guest at events multiple times. And what I've learned from Grant is he's a perfect example of being the movie star of your life. Now, not everybody needs to show out and be like Grant, but Grant accepts who he is and he knows he's flashy. But if you actually know Grant or listen to Grant's content or watch it on the regular, you'll know that Grant cares more about your success than anything else in this entire world. And what you start to understand, you start to kind of scratch your head and you're like, wow, I used to hear that old saying, if you can help a lot of people get what they want, you can have anything that you want. And Grant's such a perfect example because at a certain point in your life, you got to accept who you are and what your strengths are. And a lot of times the limitations that stop us from becoming that person is what we're telling ourselves because we're scared of being judged. If Grant played small, which he talks about openly in the past, you know, when he was younger, as a car salesman hooked on drugs, you know, he will tell you that he wasn't operating as fullest because he was so hurt and wounded and scared. He lost his dad and then his brother died, who was his mentor. And his mom was, you know, struggling and Grant, you decided he, he had to change his life. And so it was like, you know, the story in and of itself, he went to uh, meetings for 15 years, every morning and every night for 15 years straight, never missed one. Right. And so it's like, when we start to look at people like that, and I'm only using this because you brought it up. Yep. But when we start to look at Grant, you know, it's like, okay, well, he owns who he is. He's unapologetic about it, but he's working for, and he talks openly about his relationship with God and, you know, the creator and how, it, how, all this this love attraction manifestation like this is stuff he talks about and so i just think that whether you like grant or not this is not something to you richard or anybody in particular but it's like it's important to just look at that as an example of somebody that's like if you just are true to who you are and you believe in your abilities and you're willing to own your truth god will take care of you if you show up and serve his mission and like i think that's so interesting but that only comes and i'm telling you man you keep hearing it in every interview the most successful and happiest people in the whole world, they talk about their number one secret is focus. They are able to focus on the now. Like Kobe Bryant even talks about it on an interview he was doing with Patrick David Bat, And he was like, dude, if I'm a jelly sandwich, I'm so focused on making that moment the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And you hear the most successful people talk about that all the time. They, they live in the moment. And now, I'm a big, know, I'm, I'm a Lakers fan. Lifelong, yeah. lifelong. Life yeah. And when Kobe got the look in his eyes, you knew, and that was it. It was over. Dude, he was, was the black mamba, but he I was, was also the guy that would show up three hours early for practice. Hundred percent. Stay three hours late to shoot a thousand baskets. Dude, a hundred percent. You know, it's, it's. I was literally just listening to an interview here this morning, right before I got on this uh, podcast with you with Kobe and of, of Kobe. And there was another guy, ball player, and I don't remember the name of the guy, but he says he showed up to the uh, to the gym to the um, Staples Center the day to play the Lakers. And he said when he got there early, he went to the gym to do some stretching, and he saw he saw Kobe in there shooting around. And he's like, Kobe wasn't going like lackadaisical. He was like going through the moves like game game speed. And he was like. He was there for like 40 minutes, and finally he, the guy's like, I had to j- jump out. He's like, later that night, Kobe dropped 40 points on us. And he's like, after the game, I just had to – he's like, I had to go ask him, like, how did you do that? And he's like, I saw you practicing super hard before the game. Why Why do you why'd you do that? And Kobe looked at him, and he said, I did that because I knew you were watching. And he's like – he wasn't trying to attack the guy, but Kobe found how, how to find inspiration in every moment. 
and it he was able to inspire himself because that guy inspired Kobe to bring out his best. And the top performers, the people who have the most success, whatever that means to you, the most fulfillment and the most joy and happiness in life are the people who've learned how to master the right now. Because the reality of it is, and science can prove this, that the future doesn't exist and the past is not real. Like it's always only right now, always. Like it's only always right now. And so literally the only the future and the past exists is in our mind and in our heart. And when you can understand that meditation is used, these primal hacks, meditation is used to help you focus on the now right now. It's not, doesn't necessarily mean sitting down and closing your eyes and being like, dude, no meditation means how can you focus on now the breathing, the moment being present and understand is for you to go in the past and heal your bullshit or for you to future pace yourself so you can visualize the things that you want to accomplish. Write them down, figure out who you need to be like, who you need to hire, what resources you have to help you become that person as quick as you can and just make every day one, I call it my one day routine. I have a one day routine. It's four 100 minute blocks. And I know that if I do these four 100 minute blocks every day, not only do I have an insane amount of like just, free time left over my day, I know that I'm living God's mission to the fullest and I'm honoring myself in the moment. But it only comes to trial and error, man. It was a lot of experience, a lot of heartbreak, a lot of anger and a lot of things that got me to this point. But that's what I'm so excited about now is I'm like trying to tell people, I'm like, yo, watch what I'm about to do. And not because I'm like, look at me because I'm like, yo, bro, I've lived this out live in front of all of you. And most of you jump ship, watch, not because I want to prove it, to, I want to shove it in anybody's face because I'm like, I want to prove to people that it's possible to be happy. It's possible to become anything you want, but you got to master these few things. And it's literally, it's in our DNA. It's in our code. It's not magic. It's science. And we have these little hacks, these primal hacks inside of when you do these things. It really starts to optimize what I, what I always call it, your human avatar, your body. It's this video game suit we get to play in. And so when you really accept the fact, okay, cool. If all I have is right now, and I understand that closing my eyes and uh, visualizing past or present is a way for me to heal in the past or for me to create what I want in the future, I can do that. But you know how what? do I master the moment? And you know what? You know, because like I'm a big studier of people uh, and, you know, I'm a big sports geek, always have been. And it seems like the most successful people in the world um, they hold on to something that happened to them in the past that pushes them forward. Yeah. Like my, Michael Jordan being cut from his high school team. Um, and if, or Tom Brady, if you ever listen to any of his interview, he always talks about being picked the last player in the draft. Yeah. And he, he has it written down in his pocket, all the players that was picked before him. Because that's what drives him to be the greatest. I mean, just think about uh, the average person. If the average person had six Super Bowl rings and his wife is making $400 million a year. Seven now. Well, you know, would he be at the gym at this at the stadium four o'clock every morning? Three hours before everybody else. Yeah. Would he be staying? Would the average person be staying late? But no, that one thing getting picked as Mr. Irrelevant and when Mr. Kraft picked him, he said, you know, because Mr. Kraft calls him, called him Kyle Brady. And he says, no, no, Mr. Kraft, I'm Tom Brady. And this, and you picking me was the best decision you've ever made. Exactly. So, but that spurned him on even till today to, you know, the rings doesn't mean anything to him. It's the next thing, you know, being present in the next moment. 
So talk to us because, you know, I know that, you know, you're, you're like one of the only person that I've had on like all my shows. So uh, I appreciate that so much, man. It's always a pleasure. I know that, you know, there was a time when um, you were deep in a deep, dark depression, especially after losing your best friend to suicide. So when somebody, you know, hits that point, um, what is something that somebody can do that if they're struggling right now and how can they start getting back on their feet again? Yeah, they have to make a decision, man. Like, you got to make a decision. Like, you know, somebody messaged me and was asking me the other day there, you know, saying, hey, good job on your, your sobriety. Um, I actually have a friend right now who, you know, is, is really struggling with when I'm scared he's going to, you know, kill himself. And how do I save him? Like, what, what do I do? How do I, how do I save him, you know? And I'm like, dude, the reality of it is, is that an addict is not going to quit until the addict is ready. And like, you can go, oh, well, there's interventions and stuff. Yeah, that's true. But still, at the end of the day, like, that, that that all we're doing is we're all just a representation of God experiencing him and herself, like playing out every scenario, infinite scenarios. That's what every person is. It's every, it's every possible infinite scenario playing itself out over and over, over again. Like that's it. And so when you understand that, you know, like we can't change anybody else, we can only change ourselves. And so the key to really anybody, you know, to, to helping somebody change or to help somebody you know, through mental health, I know you asked me, what can, what can they do specifically? But first and foremost is that you just got to make the, you have to make the decision to, to change that you, that you're sick of being who you've been. And you hear everybody talk about this, every massive speaker ever, they say the same thing. It's not because it sounds good because that that's true. Like until you actually desire to change, to give up the drugs, to give up the drinking, to give up the gambling, to give up the running around, whatever it is, until you have the, it, which the number one thing is self-awareness. It all starts with self-awareness. You've got to be willing to accept who you are right now in the moment. You can't stop just continuing to judge yourself over and over and then worry yourself to death about the future. Like it's not going to change it. Just that gets you stuck in a loop. And so until somebody makes the decision that they're ready to change, that's it. So what I'm saying to anybody is that you've got to be able to believe that change is possible. And that's the big key, right? It's as understanding this to come to like, cause that's where the desire starts to grow. Like when you start to believe that there's hope that you start to believe that there's, there's change, right? Cause that's what sparks it. And then once you do that, if self-aware to say, this is what I suck at. These are the things I'm good at. And this is the life I want to live. And then doubling, tripling down on those things that you're good at that can bring you more of the life you want to live. That's like the quote unquote secret, right? But you asked me earlier, it's like, well, you didn't ask me, but you're talking about what drives people. For me, that's what gets me every, like, gets me every day. Like that's why I get to do what I do every day. Tom Brady's not chasing the next Super Bowl. He's trying to be excellent in every moment because he lives his a life as a way of excellence. That's who he shows up and bees in every moment, in every way. Because that's who Tom Brady is. That's who God called him to be. And if somebody that plays football or other young kids or whatever gets to look at Tom Brady and they and he acts as the mentor to them, then that's his calling and purpose on earth. So some people are like, oh, he's just here to play football. Well, yes and no, right? And so that's how I try to look at my life is mastering the moment, this one-day routine. is, And I have it written on a sticky note. My only thing is I want to be a blessing for somebody today. I want I want God to use me or my actions to be the answer to somebody's prayer today. That's all I, that's all I focus on. And how can I do that? And I know back to your question, the reason that that is why that is what I am here to do is because I know in the beginning, the hardest thing, because I, 
the hardest thing to do is believe that change is possible, to believe that somebody like you can change your life. It's hard to believe because there's no context. There's no blueprint. If you grew up where we did, dude, there's no blueprint of anybody telling you how to heal and self-love and, and create your reality and get skills and mentors. Like they're not teaching you that. That stuff's looked down as weak or stupid or, or fake or woo-woo. And these loops are played over and over. And so for me, it's like, I have to get up and do this every day because I, I need to be a living, breathing, breathing example that it's all possible to change. That when you do these things, you can be anything mission that God gave me. That's what he put on Marshall Gillen's life. That's why I gave me the gift of gab and persistence and action taking. And I, I didn't know any of that until this journey I've gone on the last eight years, right? Like, and so again, it just comes with deciding that you want change and then being radically dedicated to growth through any storm to, to stay so steadfast and believe on what it is you're here to do and see the vision so clearly. Like, dude, I've been seeing this vision where I'm supposed to run up on stage in front of thousands of people. I've been seeing it for years now. I didn't think like I didn't think about it. It just came into my head one day. And I and I visualize it all the time and, and dude, I can see it so clear as day. And it's like it's it, it's exciting because I know sooner or later I'm going to literally be standing backstage before I run up those stairs and I'm going to come out to that crowd and I'm going to go I'm going to think in my head, "Holy shit. This is that moment because I've been able to do that time and time again over the last 8 years." And so it drives me, you know, and and I think that for anybody that's ready for change, it comes with with but first off deciding you're ready for change and then finding people or messages that can fuel that spark until it burns so hot you can't do anything but be that person you know and i and i think a lot of it you know because one thing like you're talking about visual, visualization you know they interviewed arnold schwarzenegger and you know he said how did you feel you know going to try to get another mr olympia he said i put in the work all year i just had to show up to get my trophy hundred percent, you know, and like I had the privilege, I got invited down to, to Madison square garden, um, to hopefully be talking about having an event there. And I got to stand center court in Madison square garden and just thinking one day I'm going to be able to speak in a place like this. Yeah. So, you know, it kind of, it gives you that, that someday for, and, and, you know, sometimes people you know the closest people around you will not believe in you yeah it's strangers that will actually believe in you and you know once you start upgrading your circle of influence 100%. is when your life changed you, know, like, you know like for me to be able to interview people like you know nicholas barely you know um people like that people that are um general petraeus you know, here I am, a ninth grade dropout, yeah. being able to talk of chief of staff. You know what I'm saying? For so sure, dude. Times you have to upgrade, and I call it, you know, addition by subtraction. So Absolutely. sometimes you got to cut out certain people in your life, and I think that was something that you had to do when less is more, man. Came to right. Well, dude, it's like the way that you mentioned that's interesting. It's like I t- like basically when I lost everything in 2019. The end, very end of 2019. I mean, I lost the girl. I lost my brand. I lost $150,000 worth of brand new deals. Um, I lost my billion dollar network. Everybody that, everything was just ripped from me. And it was interesting because if anybody needs motivation, especially if you're guys like, you know, Richard and I, um, I have this playlist dude on um, YouTube of like Conor McGregor stuff. Dude, that dude's been calling his shots for a minute. 
you know, that dude has been calling his shots and um, doing his thing for a minute. You know what I mean? And if you go watch his stuff, the, the way that he talks about law of attraction, the way that he, he shares these things, it's like, dude, it's, it's incredible. It's that, that this stuff really works. And so for anybody that may not, you know, know what's going on or what Richard and I are talking about, first off, go check that out. But the second thing is, dude, is like, when you get to a point like when everything was ripped away from me, I had to really just get focused on what it was I wanted to create. And what I did is I took a, I, I took a look at my metaphorical house, right? I looked around at my house and I was like, dude, I have a bunch of shit in here I don't even like and don't even want. Like, look at all that stuff over there and all this shit piled over there. Like, I have a whole house full of stuff I don't even want. And that, and, to, and then in the very beginning of 2020, I started metaphorically decluttering my house. I started throwing everything out, dude. And I started, I started getting really clear. I like, I sat down one night and I just wrote down, I, I wasn't really even thinking. I just sat down and I was like, what do you want, Marshall? I didn't try to uh, say it a certain way or do it a certain way because that's how you do it. Like I just finally just sat down and I wrote down, what do you want? And it was only like six things. And I was like, fuck, I have like 600 things in my house. Why do I have 600 things in my house when I only want six? And so I started cleaning house and over the last year and a half, uh, I, I keep telling people, you got to slow down to speed up, <clears throat> get, get less, less is more. And when we start to declutter our lives and simplify it and stop being distracted by stupid ass shit that doesn't matter, you start to realize that you can have a way bigger impact in the world because more starts to come to you. Your more abundance comes to you, more opportunity comes to you because of the way that you're living your life. But people get so angry and frustrated and scared and fearful. They stay stuck in their loop. And so it's like, I, me losing, I think of the book of Job, right? I'm like, I, I, I'm dude. And that was always my favorite book of the Bible. And it's so freaking funny that God has, that God is so funny. He has such a good sense of humor. That's the whole point. He's playful. We're here to play and to be amused and to love. And it's like, God is like, he made my life. Like I had all the things and then he struck me down because of like ego or pride to see what I would do. And at first I squirmed and I didn't believe, but over the last year I've just surrendered and believed. And I, I look at every opportunity, every, every struggle and everything I've gone through as an opportunity to, to, you know, become more of the person, the man that God designed me to be. And when you start to look at life like that, for me, time has began to dissipate, like being out here in Montana and doing all the things it's like, dude, time is, it doesn't even seem real. And this has only started over the last like few, maybe like month or so, but it's like, seem real it seems completely like a constructed thing because it is because every day i wake up and i do that makes me feel good i wake up and i do my little morning routine and i go to the gym like i do now and i go home and take my cold dip and then i do my work and then i make my content and then i you know uh and then i do what i want to do and it's like i keep living this over and over again but it took me a long time to optimize that one day routine to really find out what it is that i love to do and what i don't i had to show up and try these things i i when i first got into the speaking circuit I was like, this is stupid. Why do people travel around the country 256 days a year on red eyes and stay in crappy hotels that they don't even like, uh, you know, uh, separate of their family and their friends? Why do they do this? Speaking at, at a bunch of conferences that people don't even want to hear them, they show up because they have to go to for work. Yeah, you're going to touch some people. But I'm like, why do people do this? I'm like, oh, I, I, the dream that I had of being a speaker I, wasn't it. And so then it, met, it morphed and it was like, oh, well, I want to teach people that with public speaking, you can story and storytelling, you can create a brand and you can create a job or a dream life. Right. And then I did that. And I was like, man, all these coaches and speakers make me feel icky. Like they're all liars, not because they want to be because they haven't healed and they don't understand that they're broken and that they're trying to fix something inside of them that they can't do externally. And it made me feel icky. And so I'm, I, I shifted and, you know, and all these things. And, and now here I am again today. And it's like, 
it's so simple, man, if you really truly believe, but it comes with getting present, optimizing your daily experience to feel as much energy as you possibly can, which when we tap into love and joy and humor and fun and play, like that's where the most energy comes from. And then just showing up every day and being the blessing that God put you here to be. But you know, it, it takes, it takes learning who your avatar is to be able to do that. Okay. Now I love that. Now, as we know, you know, as we all know that the perfect TEDx speak speech is about 18, 17, 18 minutes. Um, and we know, I know personally that you're one of the greatest speakers that I've ever listened to, ever heard. I appreciate that, man. Because I was talking to, uh, I interviewed Tucker Bearden the other day. Oh, that's a man. And we were talking about you. So maybe your ears were ringing. I so, got his book in my hand right now. I just got it in the mail yesterday. Super yep. stoked to get it. Yeah. So, you know, um, but, you know, there's a lot of people on here and I'm going to give you your 18 minutes of fame um, that want to be speakers and want to be on stages and don't know how to start, where to go and how to build a brand. So I'm going to give you your time just to drop some knowledge and some nuggets so people can actually learn from this. And then after that, we're going to talk about what you got going on next weekend and some of the stuff you're writing and some of your, you have a book out or something like that. We're going to talk yeah. about that. So talk to us, to the people that are listening to this. They're like, man, the only reason I sat through this because I want to learn to be a speaker. What, what would you say to these people that want to be speakers? Start speaking. Like, that's it. Like, it's so funny, you know, and it's so funny that I've built a brand on this. And, um, but I, you know, for those of you who don't know, over the last four years, I've built a brand called Top Paid Speaker. And what I did at Top Paid Speaker was teach people how to use their story and how to use social media to start a movement. And from that movement, how to monetize it and how to get paid to help a lot of people. And so um, I discovered all of that by accident. And well, by accident, it's always been my, my purpose, I understand now, but um, I had to, the way that you, first off, you have to understand about speaking is that um, speakers book speakers. Like that's the first thing you got to understand. If you if you want to speak, you got to speak. And if you want to speak on stages, you need to meet other speakers, plain and simple. Like those are the two lessons that people hear, but then they don't, they don't do anything about it. It's like, dude, it's so simple to become a public speaker. I don't know who taught everybody that you have to be a public speaker, but you don't. Like that'd be saying like, oh, you don't hit home runs. So, you know, you're not a baseball player. Like, what are you talking about? I have the most leadoff singles in baseball history. Oh yeah, but you don't jack home runs. So, you know, you're not a real baseball player. That, that would be absurd. It'd be absurd for anybody to say that. And so for people that want to speak, they, again, it's everything we just talked about for the last 50 minutes, which is, it comes down to desire and belief. What are you going to create? What reality you're going to create? When I decided to become a public speaker, I had never done it before. I had no experience. I had nothing to talk about. I had nothing to sell. I had no idea. I had, I had no idea. I didn't know what to do. I just wanted to be a speaker. And so, you know, I, so I started speaking. Like the video is out there. It's still out there. I think I just posted again the other day. Like I literally, March of 2017, I was doing digital marketing. I had been doing digital marketing for like probably two years at that point. I had an Amazon business and white labeling doing drop shipping uh, before that in 2016 and part of 2015. So I had some experience online making some money. Before that, I was an online personal trainer, which is how I started online originally and how I got into entrepreneurship. I was a broke bartender. I was in really great shape. And everybody's like, yo, bro, you should be a personal trainer. So I did. And then I was like, 
lived in San Diego where everybody and their brother is a trainer. And I was like, this sucks. So I'm, I, I moved online and I was like, whoa, like there's a whole bunch of people online. Like, you know, and then I learned about target markets and I learned about uh, creating one offer. And then I create, learned about funnels before, you know, six years ago before anybody was even talking about funnels. And like, I self-educated. I, I learned there was hope. I, I had a lesson that I had to understand that I needed to get more value for my time. And what I started to understand is to get more value from your time, you got to have uh, more valuable skills. And people are like, I used to be, you're like, oh, well, if I need more money, then I need to get more jobs. And But if I have more jobs, then how do I have time to spend my money? But that's like a broken way. That's the lie that we've been told. And so if you want to be a speaker, it's the same, the same, everything in this universe is the same. It's a micro macrocosm of itself, just different details. And once you master the detail, once you master the foundation of how this life works, then you start to understand these details are all the same. And so what I mean, it's like the day that I wanted to start speaking, I walked outside, I went live. I said, this is my, my name is Marshall Gillen. I, I'm on a journey to become a highly paid public speaker. I don't know if it'll work. I might fall flat on my face. I don't think that I will, but I enjoy you to join this. I invite you to join this journey while I go from nothing to something from broke rich. And I'm going to show you how in 2017, you can use a mobile phone and social media to become anything you want. I'm going to share my story with you. I'm going to tell you guys everything. I'm not going to hold anything back. And I'm making this show for the 17 year old me who didn't know what to do. And mostly I'm making this show to take away all of your excuses. So none of you have an excuse to settle for mediocrity again. And that was what the video was. And then literally every day I went live. I got a shirt that said I'm live and I went live every day. And I just started sharing my message. Yeah, I had like no viewers. In the very beginning, dude, everybody talked shit about me. My closest friends, my closest best friends, they would screenshot my content, I found out years later, and they started a group message, text message behind my back, and they would talk shit about me. Like just track my best friends, making fun of me, dude. And so when I started going live and doing all these things, like only people were talking shit. But I kept doing it anyways because I wanted I, I wanted to be a speaker. I didn't know what that even meant, but I wanted to be a speaker. And so I I would go to bartend every day and I would then I would be the manager every day and I'd go to the other bartending job. I was working 60 hours a week in San Diego bartending just to keep my head above water because it's so expensive. And then I would go home for eight, six, eight hours a night every day. And I would educate myself because I couldn't afford to pay anybody. But I didn't know about investing coaching back then. I didn't know what a mentor was. I didn't even when I started out eight years ago, I didn't even know you could invest in people to do that. Like, I didn't know that was a thing, but I, I just, I decided what I wanted to do. And then I did it. And so if anybody's listening to this and they're like, yo, I have a business, I have something to sell. I have something to promote. I have a way to make money. I'm telling you, you can be a public speaker literally in the next you right now today, but you can make money in the next 30 days doing it. And so it's like, I tell people, if you want to be a speaker, one is you got to start speaking. There's no secret. That's what I did. I just showed up every day and I started speaking. When I was at the grocery store and people were like, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a public speaker. Oh, no shit. What do you talk about? Well, I talk about unstoppable mindset, which is what my, my program and everything was back in the day. Oh, oh, yeah. What do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a professional speaker. No kidding. What do you talk about? Like motivational speaking? Yeah, kind of like that. What I actually talk about is I teach people how to use their story to get paid to speak like I do. Oh, no kidding. So like it just comes with removing the limitations and the doubt because the number one reason all the people I work with, the number one, like next week where I have my very last mastermind, I'm, I've been joking, I'm going out of business sales. I'm not doing top paid speaker. I've made my clients more than $114 million, okay? In three years doing the top paid speaker system, they, they learn what I take and then they go out and they do it and they're like, holy shit, I make a bunch of money. And next week is the last time I'm ever doing it. Because I doesn't, it doesn't fulfill me anymore. But to anybody that I'm saying, it's like, dude, if you want to speak and you have a message to say, first off is you got to speak. So do that. 
Second thing is, is you got to build a brand. You are the CEO of your brand. I heard Jay-Z say that about nine years ago in an interview before I started entrepreneurship. And that's kind of what got the ball rolling. He's like, you, you're the CEO of your brand. So you can be whatever kind of CEO that represents your brand, however you want, but just know that you, people are always looking at you, judging you like one way or the other. So would you rather get judged, be a reflection for people to see the ugliness in them? Or would you rather be the type of reflection that when people show up, they're inspired to take action because of you. Right. And I chose the latter. And so it's like, when you are building a brand, one is you just got to start speaking all the voices and doubts and fears you have, all the people talking shit, you got to block them out. That's the only way. There's no way to get started other than that. When you're pushing a car, the hardest thing to do is to get the momentum started. Once it's going, it gets a little easier, but you've got to do it. You've got to show up and speak. If you want to speak, then go speak just online. Every chance you get, make a live every day, be a live public speaker and then build a brand up. Be clear on your mission statement. Write down your mission statement, write down your core values, and then write down, you know, what is the, if there, so these are three questions I always tell people. First off, what is your, what are you on a mission to do? And don't sit and think about it and make it all clever and cute. So it sounds good when you say it on social media, just like sit down and be like, what, what are you here to do? And I'm like, yo, it used to be, I'm like, I, 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 I just, I'm in a mission that I don't want people to kill themselves anymore, but I, I've evolved past that. And now I'm starting to understand that. I can't stop anybody from doing that. But what I can do is be the best me and show up to be the best reflection possible. So when people see me, they're like, it's possible for me to change, right? And so the first thing you gotta do is get a mission statement. You gotta have the desire to do it. And then you gotta just start doing it. And then you've got to, you gotta have a mission statement to what it is you're doing it for. Because people will get behind the mission. That's why we put the ribbons on our cars and our trucks and our, and our clothes and our hats. Because everybody loves to get behind a mission. So you gotta have a mission. And the second thing is you got to know your core values. Your core values become your list of non-negotiables. It makes life so much more fulfilling and so much easier when you have a clear list of non-negotiables because you look at your list and you're like, eh, if this opportunity doesn't check off all of those core values, then I'm not going to do it because I know 100% of the time from my past experience that when I don't stay true to this list of core values, even one, I know that I have to, there creates resistance because I don't want to do it. And so it's like, yo, dude, go Google list of core values and like a thousand will come up and then take fucking three hours and sit there and circle all the ones that mean something to you. And then take another three hours and decide which one of those are kind of the same core value and then write it down on your list of core values that you believe in. Yeah, it takes time. That's why people don't do the work is because they, they stay distracted because they want to avoid the work because that's what we're taught to do. And so it's like, if you sit, sit down and do the work and you understand what is your clear mission statement, what are your core values? And then the last question is, if there was one pain or emotion in the world, you can make sure that nobody else ever had to feel again. If it were up to you, what, what pain, what emotion would you take away to make sure that nobody ever had to feel it again? What would it be? Write that down. And for me, I just very distinctly can think of the 10-year-old Marshall Gillen sitting on the corner of his bed in his farmhouse wanting to kill himself at 10 years old because he felt like there was no hope, like nothing was going to change. He felt so unloved and so unworthy and it only perpetuated over more and more years. And so that was like, I'm like, dude, if I could just take that pain away, make sure no little kid had to feel that again, like that's what I would do. And the reason that's so important, especially if you're going to be a speaker, because being a speaker, 
is not it's not a label. You're an influencer. You are a person to create influence in somebody's life, to allow transformation, to be a reflection for them to see what's possible. Understanding speaking is just one of the tools, the mechanisms that you use to influence. Influence is the greatest characteristic that you can possibly possess. The, in, the ability to influence somebody to change their life, to take an action, to believe in themselves, to love themselves, to get better, to heal. And so as speakers, you got to understand, like speaking is just one of the tools in your tool belt. It's one of the things in your quiver, right? It's like, it's not the end all be all. And the quest to become a speaker so you can label yourself as a speaker is what keeps people limited. So first off, make the decision to speak. Second, show up every day and speak. Third, Decide what you're going to be speak that you're going to speak every day. Decide what the mission statement is, what the core values are, and who it, what pain you're trying to take away. Because then you start to look at the world, you start to understand, you start to see that hurt little kid inside of everybody, everybody you meet, all the circumstances, the way that people talk. You start to feel the hurt little kid inside because you start to recognize, man, that's that fear that I felt for so long that I make sure nobody else wants to feel. I bet that person is just has years of callousness, like callousness, like on their heart and their being of trying to protect themselves because they felt like that their whole life. And so what happens is we go through our own storms. If anybody's been following me, you know, here in the spring of 2021, you'll see that I just wake up and I came out of nowhere to this woman who I waited a year and a half to meet. And I thought she was the one. And it's interesting actually, cause I have, I live in a cabin in Montana. So I have to drive into town um, to, uh, sit in my Jeep right now to have internet connection. And so I'm sitting here like out of the way at the gym and I literally haven't seen my ex-girlfriend for like three and a half weeks. And I just watched her drive by and drive back again right now at the time of recording this. And it's like, if, if you're listening to this and there's two points in the, in the podcast where I, I like, I kind of shore up. I'm like, it's because I just saw that and it just happened. And it made me want to puke, right? It makes me sad. But the thing that is, is that like, you guys, storms are going to come. Like, that's the whole thing about being alive. Like you don't, when you die, you get to go back to the kingdom. Like you get ever internal bliss and love. Okay. The only reason you're here is to play the game. And so to try to deny hurt or pain is so silly. It's like only being able to choose to see half of the colors that are available for you to see. Why would you only want to see half the colors in the world? Why would you only want to experience half of the feelings? Oh, cause those ones are bad. Says who, when you die, it all goes away. Would you rather be dead or have a bad day? Like, I don't know with the, with the hope that tomorrow gets better. And so when we're talking about creating influence or sharing our story or understanding this, it's like when you start to understand what it is you're here to do, which is your mission statement, your core values and your, the pain you want to take away, even in moments like watching my ex-girlfriend go by, go by, or when I got broken up with, or when I lost my business or I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars or my stepdad did, did this or whatever that those three questions, those three things become your North North star. And even when your ship is getting tossed around at sea and the, and the swells are so high, you think you're going to take over the whole entire boat. And the storm is so, so maddening. It's so strong and so violent. You can still look up and see that one North star and you can believe and stay true to what God has because that, that becomes your anchor. And until you do that and you know that anchor, I don't think you're really qualified or you should be speaking. Now, everybody is qualified to speak, but until you get clear on those three things, you shouldn't be speaking. And so first, I guess, is the desire to do is to be a speaker. And then the second thing would be to figure out the answer to those three things and then start speaking every single day. Now, now a couple things. That you, you, that you have a way, a formula where people can actually start getting paid to speak within 30 yes. days. I'll talk exactly. to us a little bit about that. Well, that that's the next step. And so, but that's the thing is people want to know, oh, what's the lever? What lever do I pull? I'm telling you, like, there's no levers really to pull. I can explain how to get paid to speak in literally one minute, but people don't do it 
because they don't do this foundational part. Like I literally made all half a million dollars in four years getting paid to speak. I was a fucking dropout bartender, five-time college dropout drug addict. I was even an addict during all that time because I couldn't handle the pressure. Right. So I'm, I'm saying it's like when people, I know people, if anybody's listening to this, like I want to brush over this part, but this is, that's the most important part. If you want to get paid to speak, give yourself, do that for 30 days, go live every single day for 30 days and make an offer at the end of that, learn how to seed your content and what it is that you're doing, learn how to storytell and learn how to seed your content in your story. So it sounds like, oh yeah. And then I got that little old thing over there. If you guys want to invest in it, but back to my story, learn how to do that and go live every day for 30 days and watch what happens. If you're a, if you decide you want to be a speaker and you out in public, you start telling everybody you're a speaker and everybody you meet, you start telling people you're a speaker and you have on your little post-it notes on your mirror. I'm, I'm the whatever speaker. I'm the highest paid speaker, blah, blah. I'm, I'm whatever. I used to write, I'm the highest paid speaker. Then it actually became a brand called top paid speaker. And I made more money I've ever made. Right. And so it's like, first off, you got to get clear on what it is you want to speak about and what your mess is. And so you have to turn your mess into your message and understand that the darkest thing you went through is actually the, the test that God gave you to use as a testimonial to influence through storytelling in other people's lives. And so once you start to understand that speaking is just a tool, but then storytelling has got to be combined on that and learning how to seed your content and use it and understand your brand and understand who your audience is and understand like all these moving mechanisms. It's super simple, but you got to know all these angles and then it comes together as one. It's the same thing we we're talking about earlier about total human health, like understanding how to be a brand. The CEO of your brand means having as many arrows in your quiver as possible to be able to accomplish your mission. And so in order to speak, it's storytelling. It's turning your mess into your message, understanding what your Northern star is, understanding how to brand your, your profiles on social media, understanding how to funnel it all towards one objective, not go to my website. And I hope that you can fucking figure out what to choose from, from the 15 different links I have on there. No, give people one option. There's too many options to make. And so until you're clear on these things, it's like, that's what, but, but see, that's what people invest in top paid speaker. It's like, Literally, I have a program up. It's, it's 12 videos. I'm like, 12 videos to show people how to do this, right? And it's like people, and that's the most maddening thing that that this is one, this is probably the main reason I'm leaving the speaking and personal development space is because I'm tired of trying to convince people of how to change their life. People that are broke, they don't invest because they're broke. And it's like saying, oh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, start working out and eating right until I have six pack abs. But once I have the abs, then I will, cause I want to keep them. And people I'm, I, with the first investment I ever made for $25,000, I had to spread it across five credit cards because I had to show up and be a different way than I've ever been, you know? And so for people that want to become speakers, what I say in the very beginning, speakers speak and speakers book speakers. So the biggest key is like, okay, cool. You made the brand. You did the online thing. You're going live every day. You're showing up and you're perfecting your craft every day because you love to speak and you love to storytell. Now, the opposite side of that is you have to host some sort of event, something to, to make it credible. So you can host a virtual event, and especially with the crazy world right now. It's never been a better time because people are more acceptable of it. Oh, yeah, virtual events. I'd love to try that out. Or you host an offline event. So you can either go to other people's events, which is hard to get booked up in other people's stages in the beginning because nobody knows who you are right? You can't sell on other people's stages. Like it usually only got 15, 20 minutes maybe in the very beginning. And so it's like, okay, well, you know what you should be doing? You should, hold on one second. What you should do is you should host your own events. Like, okay, cool. So you want to know how to get paid to speak? Cool. You make the online brand. 
you speak every day, you perfect your craft. Second, you either host a virtual event that you drive traffic to from your daily lives, or you talk about your live meetup, a free, you just do a free meetup in your local area once a month, do a free meetup, get some stand-up banners. It'd be like, oh, your, your free meetup once a month is like a free Facebook group. So it's like, literally, it's the same principles, guys. It's all the same shit. You get, you get, you have a cover photo for your Facebook group. So why wouldn't you have stand-up banners for your offline group? So once a month, you have your stand-up banners, you do your free meetup. It doesn't even matter if two people show up. You go live, you stream there, you stream from your, your event with your banners in the background of you doing your talk and you put that online and then you leverage the two against each other. This is me speaking every day online. Hey, I'm an online speaker. I'm, a, I'm an influencer. Coupled with the fact of, yo, look, this is me speaking and hosting my own events. It's so simple. It's like, but people like, they're like, oh no, no, that's, I don't want to do that. I want to book stages. Okay, cool. You want to hit a home. That's like, again, that's like, you want to hit a home run every time you come up to the plate. What if it's not about that? You know, the, how getting, getting booked to speak sucks. It does to me. There's a thousand speakers just like you sending their, their speaker one sheet, which is the most ridiculous thing, sending their speaker one sheet to, or a book to one event organizer who has to go through a thousand of them. And you know what she doesn't give a shit about or he doesn't give a shit about is how cute your one sheet is. They just want to keep their job. And their only job is to make sure they get a speaker that doesn't suck. So they're going to play it simple. They're going to get somebody that does sales or speaks on success or speaks on leadership or teamwork. So the cute little message that you actually really want to talk about, the message that God has put in your heart to do, you're not even showing up to talk about. Like you're jockeying with a thousand other speakers to book one of nine spots on a stage. And then you get to go talk to an audience that somebody else curated, that somebody else is going to sell to, that somebody else has already framed and positioned. And you're just coming in to just tell a story to be a pawn in the, in, in the game, which is fine. But again, I don't want to travel red eyes and stay in shitty hotels away from the things I love, the people I love for 200 days a year. So I can feel the ego and validation of speaking on a stage. This is so simple. Do the online branding thing. And then you go, well, Marshall, I, I live in Montana. I can't, it's not a good place to host a meetup. Dude, totally get it. So what you're going to do is create a Facebook group and brand it as a virtual event, one day virtual event, two day virtual event, three day virtual event. And then either host your own workshop training or get guests to come speak at your virtual event. It's so simple. And so now every time you go live doing your brand, you're like, yo, like, I'm Marshall Live. What's going up? Hey, check it out. If you guys are watching this, first off, I want to remind you that just 30 days from now, we're having our Unstoppable New You virtual event. It's a three-day event where I'm going to show you how to become unstoppable in every single thing you do in life. So make sure you guys go to unstoppablenewyou.com and make sure you guys get registered. Okay. In today's video, guys, what I'm going to be talking about is, okay, so it's so simple, but the point of it is, is you position and you frame yourself as a speaker. Which again, just because you can stand up and speak in front of people doesn't mean you're a speaker. Just because I can shoot a gun doesn't mean I'm a Navy SEAL, okay? That's what people miss is that there's an art to, to the art of public speaking, knowing how to position and create frames within what it is you're talking about. Because we want people to be able to see in one certain thing. We want to be able to use certain language that triggers certain thoughts and emotions in people's brains so we can start to work within that frame. But people, and that's what's the most maddening, that's why I'm going away from speaking is because everybody thinks they're a speaker. It's like, dude, I can literally show you how to make $100,000 probably in 90 days if you have an offer that can do it. And if you don't, working with me, I can probably, and I don't do this anymore. So it's like, not like I'm pitching anybody, but I'm like, if you work with me, I'll help you make $100,000 in 90 days. Okay, like I've done it over and over again. 
but for some reason, every fucking entrepreneur out there thinks that they're a speaker and they all have it in their bio, but they all suck at speaking. Yes, they can talk, but they don't understand how to create influence. And the only way to create through influence is through storytelling, but you can't just story tell your way to sales. You've got to understand how to, how to frame something. So your story leads to an action. And that's what people miss. And it's like, I just got sick and tired of convincing people that they need to invest in their public speaking skills and their ability to storytell. And I, that's why I've stopped doing it because it doesn't, it doesn't bring me joy because entrepreneurs, mostly 99% of them are so frustrating because they're in such scarcity mode that they don't make any investments. If you, people want to get paid to speak, they need to invest time and energy into speaking every day and they need to invest money into other speakers, not necessarily somebody like me or not necessarily a coach, but into networks because you make friends with people who host events and then they invite you to speak at their event. You know, and it's and cyclical. I, and I love that, you know, because, you know, sometimes you have to do a lot of shit for free. hundred you know? percent. And like, you know, for me, you know, now having this podcast, you know, I really didn't have a circle of influence, you know, but now that I've had over like 250 guests on and people are saying, wait a minute, you interviewed, you know, Navy SEAL commander, John McCaskill. Why are you not inter in interviewing me? You know, and and once you start moving in certain circles is, you know, like you said, you know, speakers hire speakers. Right. You well, know, I, and you sometimes, know, you know, like I've had a friend, you know, that she's a public speaker. Now she's she's actually a, a Harvard graduate and she speaks on mental health. She said, well, sometimes I had to go in, ask the speakers, you know, can I come to your event? I'll help you out doing whatever I can to help you out just to be get closer to that person and become in their circle of influence. So that, that's a, that's a good point. And there's two things, there's two that I'll, I'll give you guys some more value right now, like some straight value. There's two ways, right? You can do it organically or you can invest in no network. So if you, let's talk about how to do it. Like how, so that there, there's two ways, right? Broke people spend time and money. I'm sorry. Broke people spend time to save money and rich people spend money to save time because we can always make more money but we can never get back more time. And so first off is like, let's talk about how successful people would, would approach this. I made an investment into a mastermind group for a year that got me proximity to the biggest, most well-known people in the world. That was $25,000. And the first thing that broke people out say when I tell them that, they go, huh? well, what was your ROI? Because they're so, always so focused on the, on the fucking direct ROI. That's why they never have any money. But then there's the way that, wealthy and successful people look at, I go, yeah, $25,000. And they're like, that's it. That's the investment you made to get into that room because I'm betting on myself to be good enough every day because I work on it every day to master my, my life mastery. I'm betting that if you can get that, my mission and my energy and my belief in myself is, is enough to attract the next thing to me. So the first thing to do is like, you know, I've got people that are coming out to my mastermind next week that don't necessarily need anything as far as how to speak, but they want to make an investment into Marshall Gillen because they believe in Marshall Gillen and the brand and they know where I'm going. So yes, some of them invested $3,000 for a weekend to come learn the next step, which I'm going to teach them. I'm going to be like, yo, this is how you make, this is how you go, go from six to seven figures. This is what, you know, I've got millionaire mentors coming. There's, I'm going to show them like, this is, this is how people live. This is, this is what it looks like and feels like to live good every day. And then this is how simple it is when you doing less is more. And so people make an investment into that and that's how they learn and grow. That's the simplest, fastest way to do it. So if you want to be a speaker, go invest in people that are doing what somebody that's already doing exactly what you want to do. Now, 
some people might go, yeah, Marshall, I'm not really in a, in a place to invest $25,000, a place to invest $3,000. Totally get it. I was there. So what I did is I started going to other people's events. So when I was living in San Diego, I had to figure out, okay, I didn't know about hosting my own meetups. I, that, that idea hadn't come to me yet. So what I had found is I was doing these lives every single day. I was telling myself I'm a speaker, but I never got anywhere, invited anywhere to speak. And then finally one day I did. And so that's the thing. If you show up and do this long enough, other people are going to see you as valuable because they're going to see the audience that you're building online and they're going to invite you. I've never reached out to anybody to ask them to speak like that. Not like, oh, hey, can I like straight up? I'm going to tell you guys a tactic right now that will work for anybody. But I was always invited to speak every time, every all the 200 plus stages I've spoken on. I've always been invited to speak because of my online brand, because people would watch and they go, I need that. And plus, he brings views. Cool. So that's one important thing. But the next thing is, okay, if you have this online brand, I, in the, in the beginning was like, how do I get booked on stage? Nobody will let me sell. And I don't know, I don't have any friends and I don't have any money. So I started looking for local meetups, meetups that had my ideal audience at them. Okay. Or I, if, uh, if I was doing it virtually now, I would look for, um, this is off the top of my head, uh, but I would look for Facebook groups. And what I would do is I would find, well, first off, let's talk about real life and then let's talk about Facebook groups. I, again, this is just coming to me, but it's the same thing. I'm going to have to make a video and put this in my, um, I'm going to have to make a video and put this in my uh, top eight speaker uh, course. Uh, it's funny. Anyways, um, so if you have the, the luxury to go to a meetup, like I was living in San Diego for all those years, there's meetups multiple times a week, all uh, every week of the month. And so what I would do is I would find people who had my ideal audience and I would go to the event. Now, if it was my first time to the event, I would go find the event organizer right when I got there. And I would introduce myself. Hey, what's going on? My name is Marshall. I'm a local speaker. I'm a, a public speaker here. I live locally in San Diego. I've never been to your event before, but I'm super excited uh, to be here. And then they'll say whatever, whatever to you. And then you ask them for permission. Hey, would you mind if I come and find you after the event and just share my feedback of how I thought it was, a little professional feedback? And they'll always say yes. Oh, yeah, that would be great, actually. Thank you so much. Hey, no problem. I'm really looking forward to it. Okay. Now during the event, you're going to go meet the audience, become known. I used to have this, oh, I still have the t-shirt. It says I'm live blue t-shirt that says I'm live. That's it. And I would wear that everywhere. I became known for that brand. And so I, I would go to the event. I'd meet the event organizer, ask them if I can give them feedback. And then during the event, I would serve everybody that I could serve. I would just serve the people that are there. Hey, instead of handing them a business card, people would go, Hey, let me give you a business card. And I'd be like, no, that's okay. It's 2000 and whatever. It's 2018. Business cards are so old school. I grab out my phone. Hey, grab your phone. Let's follow each other on social media because I'm funneling them back to my online funnel because I go live every day and I positioned and frame myself online to look like an expert. And since they don't know me from Joe Blow at this meetup, if I can get them back to my personal profile, they're going to go, holy shit, this dude is, must be somebody important. This must be the real deal. And so if you want to get on other people's stages, first off, go to their event, meet them, ask them if you can give them feedback during their event. Um, serve their audience, sit up in the very front, be an engaged audience member. At the end of the event, go give them feedback and ask them if you can come back the next time they host one and bring a friend. What do you think they're going to say? Oh my God. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. My next one is next month or whenever. Cool, I'll be back. Mark it on your calendar. And then guess what? The next event, go back to it and bring a friend. And at the very beginning of that one, go find the event host and say, yo, I'm, I'm super excited to be back. I brought my friend. Hey, Tim, say what's up. Hey, Tim, what's up? Yeah, cool. Hey, I'm just going to uh, sit back. I'm ready for some more, you know, what other goodness that you have. And uh, maybe we can speak afterwards and then chill. And then after that event is over that second time, 
you go and you find the event organizer and you tell them, man, this was another great event. Hey, check this out. I've been here twice now and I'm getting a lot. I'm finding that your audience has, you know, has a lot of questions. They're seeking a lot of answers, you know, the, on the topic that I speak about. Now, normally I charge a thousand dollars for an hour, but I'd be willing to speak at your next event for 30 minutes for absolutely free. I'll waive the fee. Now, when you position yourself powerfully like that, even if you've never spoken on stage before, and even if you don't have any testimonials, if you run that meetup strategy, I promise you, you will get booked to speak. They don't even have to really see your online shit, but if they click back and see your online thing, like they're, go they're gonna invite you to their next event. Trust me, trust me. And I then you live stream, and then you start to build that brand. You live stream that, it shows, uh, positive socials proof to your online audience that you're actually on stage of speaking. And again, you just play both ends against the middle. It's so simple. I love it, brother. Uh, okay. So last couple of things before we head out, you got to tell me about the face tattoo. And then you got to tell me what's coming up next after this weekend, what we can look forward to yeah. got going on. More face tattoos, that's definitely coming. But um, you know what, dude? Like, um, it's so interesting. It's super interesting because it's one, it's like, um, like it's, it's such a cool example. And it's a story for me to tell, which I'll tell in detail another time. But it's like, sometimes in life, you just got to make a fucking decision. People are so scared of the outcome. Like, you're going to die. Like, what does it matter? And uh, I'm, I haven't been getting tattoos for a while because I was trying to be somebody I'm not. Um, but I love tattoos and I've always wanted to be tatted up. And so I, uh, I want like my neck tatted up and I want to get my arms more done. And I've always like, I wanted knuckle tattoos and I'm like, I've never done all those things because I thought I had to be some type of image, but I just like that shit. Not cause I want attention. I just like that. And so, um, I started dating this girl. And so, uh, which is funny, the things that we do for, you know, for women sometimes, <laughs> and I've got a litany of things that I've done in my life that are super stupid. But um, this was just one of those things where I was dating this girl and she's all tatted up. And she, you know, she was when we met and she's like, yeah, I, she has knuckle tattoos. And she's like, um, you should just get it. Fuck it. And I was like, yeah, fuck it. I should. And so I did. I went and got these knuckle tattoos and it just started to reinvigorate me and remind me of like who I am, which is playful and fun. And I've always kind of broke the mold and broke the stigma. And like, you know, why can't I have knuckle tattoos? I work for myself. I have for eight years. Like, it's not like I'm going to apply to a job. Why am I worried about people judging? Like, that's who I am. I've always wanted to get stay gold on my knuckles for Dustin, my friend who I lost to suicide, one of my many friends. But, and so I did it. I got knuckle tattoos. And it, re, I, it reminded me of how much I love getting tattoos. It'd been years since I got one. And so her and I were talking and she went and got this big fat neck tattoo. And I was like, oh my God, that's so dirty. I'm like, oh. And she's like, I'm going to get a face tattoo next, a little heart. And I was like, I've been wanting to get a face tattoo. And I sat there and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm for sure doing it. And then, you know, that was like two weeks prior to getting the, this little tiny face tattoo. And I went to the, the day of the day of it, her and I went to the tattoo shop and I was like chickening out in the moment. I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting a tattoo on my face. No way. But she did it. And then I was like one, which is the, you know, the power of women. Sometimes I was like, fuck it. I'll do it. But more than that, once it was done, I was like, you know what I love about this is my ability to make a decision. Instead of being so caught up and worried about what the outcome is going to be, this is something I know that I've wanted. I've wanted it for a long time, and I've just been too chicken shit to go do it. Why do I care what other people think? I think it's dope. And so I got a face tattoo, and it's now I'm like, now I'm like, dude. Sometimes in life you just make a decision. Oh, but it's forever. Yeah, but some decisions are are forever. If you choose to go murder somebody, that's forever. 
if you choose to rob a bank, like that's forever, right? And so it's like, I just, I, I think it's such a cool example, especially this time in my life of what I, what I literally live to do, which is to break the stigma, to break all the stigmas and all the limitations and all these things that people say we got to do. Like, no, did you know that sometimes a Coke head, a Coke addict is a motivational speaker who travels the world and speaks on stage about changing your life and he changes and saves thousands of lives? Did you know that sometimes that's what an addict looks like? Did you know that sometimes the biggest blessing in your whole life looks like a dude who's all muscular and tatted up from head to toe you've got tattoos on his face? God works through everybody in different ways. And I think the reason that I was drawn to this face tattoo and after I've gotten it, what I've loved about it more and while I'm definitely going to get a couple more on my face eventually is like, it's not, it's not for anybody else to decide what it, if they like it, if that's dumb or not. Like, it's dumb, like that's awesome. That's what, how cool to be alive, to be able to make opinions and to be able to do those things. But I want you guys, everybody to know that I'm going to be living, breathing proof till the day that God takes me off this green earth, that you can become anything you want if you just decide regardless of what it is, whether you were, uh, you know, like forever, I've, I've gone back and forth with smoking marijuana. I like, I, I like smoking marijuana. And so I've learned to, to do it differently. I've learned through these, these sobrieties. I quit it for a long time. Things, But again, you don't know these things until you get up and try them. And so the face tattoo, that's what it means to me. As far as what's next is like, again, you know, my whole journey started off in eight years ago in fitness. And as I look back over my life, you know, I, I got broken up. I was um, uh, 20 days sober from weed at the time. And I was like 70 some days sober from uh, drinking. I had more clarity in my life than ever. Seeing pain in a new way, pain that I had masked my whole life with drugs and alcohol um, were coming out. And then my it hurt my relationship because she was going through sobriety too. She was only nine days ahead of me in sobriety. And so um, it was just a lot of energy in that one thing. But what I realized is I'm also addicted to codependency. And if I hadn't lost her, one is I wouldn't have understood what, what type of man I needed to be to be a queen because in that relationship, I was weak. I was weak and I, and I made, and I didn't consciously, but I made her be a mother to me and no queen wants to treat a king like a fucking son. And so the first thing is I had to, I had to, I had to lose her to understand to that. It's okay to be masculine sometimes and it's okay to be feminine sometimes. Like we are a yin and a yang. Life is a perfect balance of, you know, harm no one. And no fucks given. Like, don't take no shit, right? And so it's got to be a good balance of it. You know, what's next? It's like, I was, I had to go back out to my cabin. I had to move all my stuff back into my cabin after I thought I was We were talking about having kids. <clears throat> I had to go back to my cabin. I'm all alone. I'm sober. And thoughts of not only of everything I used to mask of not being good enough of the PTSD I suffered from my stepfather for years, but now I had to deal with the fact that I wasn't good enough within a relationship again. And none of that is actually true, but they were an opportunity and a reflection for me to be able to release these patterns and these loops. And in that moment, it took me back to a while like this is, it's not just mental health. It's not emotional health, physical health, spiritual health. Marshall Gillen is called to be, to optimize so he can live his proof to anybody else there that was an addict that tried to kill themselves, that um, has been in violent crimes or has been to jail that's gotten multiple DUIs that has broken multiple hearts that you know back when he was younger uh had multiple abortions that is divorced that uh, all these things like I never knew that God was making me go through all these things so in this moment which is is like he's calling me to be a living breathing example of what's possible to to be that story and this is 
this is just my mission. I didn't ask for this, but I finally accepted it. I've stopped blaming and judging myself as not good enough or as thinking, oh, you're just being cocky or all these things. Like I didn't choose to be this. I'm just, I just got, I took away all the bullshit. I got very, very clear on exactly the few things I did want in life, vision I wanted to create. And I said, no doubt. My life has been changing. And, you know, as I sit here at the end of this podcast, I say, hey, my life is the best it's ever been right now. But you're like, but you're just talking about going through this, this heartbreak. Yeah, like, but that's part of why my life is the best I've ever been is because I've been able to move through it so quickly. And I, I was able to not have any anger or any pride around it. I was able to look at it and accept it and observe it and love it and then find gratitude. It's like, wow, in that pain was growth. And that gets me re-excited and reinvigorated to live, to be alive. And I'm like, dude, I don't have anything really to sell or to do. Like, I've just figured out how to optimize the human life. And now that I've figured out the code, now watch me work the code. And now that I know the exact plan, and I'm not going back and forth trying to figure it out. I've been sitting in silence. I've been waiting like a lion in the grass waiting on his prey, dude, right? I found the purpose. And now I'm like, okay, cool. Like, I don't have to do anything. I'm just going to be Marshall. Because when people, like, People go, well, people have to pay to be your friend. No, not really, but I'm very protective of my energy. And the money part to come hang out with me for a weekend is proof of commitment. I've put in over $200,000 in eight years and hours and hours a day proving the, my commitment. You can't hang around me without me impacting your life or your business. You can't. And not because there's anything like hately cool about me. Sponge and I've learned all these skills and habits and routines that make me who I am. And so you can't just hang out around Marshall Gillen without being changed. And I don't want to just hang around everybody because I I don't I don't have the energy to be at my best to change the world when I do that. And so to invest three thousand dollars to come learn from me and spend a weekend with me is to be able to soak up in three days, eight years and two hundred thousand dollars worth of experience. That's what people are missing about becoming a better version of yourself. And for me, what's next is like I'm not worried about any of that anymore. I just know that God wants me to optimize my health, mental, spiritual, emotional, and physical. And so that literally, that's what I do. Every, and that's just my mission. But every day it's like, okay, cool. I wake up, I optimize my body. I try to be a blessing in every moment that I can, whether it's opening the door, saying hi to the lady at the gym, or taking a phone call from a friend that needs, I try to be a blessing every moment of the day. And I just find gratitude for the contrast in life. And for some reason, Richard, it's all been coming to me faster and more abundance and more opportunity than ever. And so then I, how does... How does somebody, if they want to get in touch with you, how do we find you? Because I know you're shutting down some sites, opening up yeah. others. So yeah, how do dude, we just get go in to touch Instagram. with you? Best okay. way is to go to Instagram. Yeah, like, like don't worry about all the websites and all the stuff. Like just go connect with me on Instagram. Like I'm building a brand new page over there. But if you guys go to um, under our Marshall underscore fit, Marshall underscore fit, at Marshall underscore fit, um, you can find me and we can connect and like, dude, like I'm a real person. So it's like, I don't need anything from you. I love my life. I'm incredibly blessed. And so if you need support in anything, just follow me on Instagram and send me a message or look at my stories. And, you know, I, I'm just here to be a blessing as much as I can. I don't want anything from anybody. And I think that that's what's the most liberating, liberating and freeing thing about what it is I'm, I'm creating going forward. And so if anybody's about, you know, feeling better, looking better and having more energy to do all the things you want, like follow me and we can talk and hang out. But, um, you know, I would love to just meet people and connect and just soak up some more of the goodness of life. Okay. Last question um, that I ask everybody and I ask a thousand people and I get a thousand different answers. <laughs> you know, you know, we still live in this COVID world. We live in a crazy world. We have uh, grandparents, homeschooling kids. We got parents driving Uber just so they can put food in the kid's mouth. 
So if I ask the average person to do something in seven days, they're never going to get to it. But if I ask somebody to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely. So if somebody out there is struggling, whether it's in business or whether it's personal, what can they do in the next 24 hours to start to get help and start to right the ship? Yeah, that's a good question. So this is what I would do. First thing is, is I would schedule 30 or 60 minutes into your day. So right off the bat and schedule it. So it's not like, I'm oh, so you're not, so you're not holding it mentally in your head. Like, Oh, I'm going to get to this later today. Like set a time. So you know what time it is. And then what I would do is I would tell you to put in some headphones, go to YouTube and type in binaural beats study, and then just find uh, one of the videos that comes up and, and put on that music and turn it down low and set your phone aside and just listen to that music and take a couple deep breaths, listen to the music, listen to the beats. And then what I would tell you to do is grab a piece of paper and a pen and draw a line straight down the middle of the paper. And then on the left side of that paper, I would tell you to list out as many things as you can think of that you don't want in your life anymore. I, and, and again, the, the limiter here is going to be, well, how will I get rid of that in my life? Right now, just write down the things you don't want anymore. It doesn't matter how you're going to get rid of it or if it's even possible, just forget about that. Just write down what you don't want in life anymore. I don't want to be overweight. I don't want to feel that pain. I don't want to be heartbroken. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to be anxious. I don't want to be broke. Whatever it is, write down all. And then next to those still on the left side of the paper, I want you to write down the feeling that that brings to you. This makes me angry. This makes me sad. This makes me anxious. This makes me whatever. Okay. Now on the right side of the paper, I would invite you to write down all the things that you do want. Now this is tough for a lot of people. Ask the random person on the street or sidewalk, Hey, tell me everything you don't want in life. They're going to, they're going to tell me everything. I don't, I'm tired of my job and, and my annoying brother-in-law and, and this and that and money and like responsibility and ah, like they'll tell you all day. I'm like, okay, cool. So tell me what it is you want instead. What does your ideal life look like? The people would have no idea. They're like, well, I don't know. Well, what do you mean you don't know? Well, who's got time to think about that when I'm just trying to survive? Like, okay, you're right, but you're also, what difference does it make? Because if you're stuck doing shit every day that you don't like, then you hate your life. What's the point of hating your life when you can change it? And so the second thing you would do is on the right side of the paper is write down everything that you do want in your life. I want to be successful podcaster. I want to have a successful health and wellness business. I want to have successful supplement company. I want to have uh, be one of the, the, the top rated uh, influencers in the mental health space. Whatever it is, write it down. Don't limit yourself. And then next to that, I want you to write the feeling that makes you feel. And at the end of this exercise, on the left-hand side, you're going to have all the things you don't want anymore and how it makes you feel. And on the right-hand side, you're going to have everything you do want and how it makes you feel. Then you're simply going to just reverse engineer that and figure out how do you become the person that, who's, that's their, their story. And the secret is, is you just go out and you invest time, money, and or energy into mentors that can get you there. But if people made that list in the first 24 hours, Hopefully that would not hopefully certainly that would alleviate some of their anxiety and worry because now they're starting to get a clear cut vision of what they want to create. Now you paper, you got the energy out. It can turn thought to thing. It'd be, it, the thought was an electrical chemical impulse in your brain. It traveled as energy through your arm, through the pen as ink onto the paper. And now it literally truly exists 
in reality. It's God letting you turn thoughts into things. And so writing this stuff down and getting clear on what it is you actually want, that's the, that's the number one thing to give people hope is they don't dream big enough. They don't give themselves the opportunity to dream and to believe that anything is possible. And that's I it. Love it. I love it. Now, is this uh, primal hacking book still a lot, still around? Yeah, yeah. So I released a half ago called uh, The Primal Seven, where I shared these seven uh, primal hacks to help you feel better. But I, uh, I'm working on it right now, and it's going to drop any day. I've created a new book, and uh, it's uh, Ancient Wisdom for a Modern Day World. And what I'm showing people is how to, ha- how to literally hack the evolutionary code to ultimate health and wellness. And it's so simple. It's so, it's so ridiculously simple. So if you go to my Instagram, it's the link right there. Otherwise you guys just go to uh, stayalivelonger.com forward slash primal hacking, stayalivelonger.com forward slash primal hacking. You guys can download it for free as part of my launch team. I want absolutely nothing from you. I, I guess I'm like, after going through everything and having all these things like we talked about in the show that I thought were gonna bring me happiness, like uh, notoriety and fortune and the girl and all the things, Dude, I just feel like I said on this mission now where I'm like, dude, this is all a lie. I want, I want to teach you how to understand the, the universe inside of them, the God inside of them. And I want to invite them to understand that there's simple things that they can do every day as a one day routine to be able to change how they feel and how they think and the outcomes they have in life. If you could live your ideal day over and over again, you would want to do that. Oh, that'd be boring. Well, aren't you bored living your awful day, your nightmare over and over? Oh yeah, that's right. And so it's like, if people want to know simple little things they can do to quiet the doubt, the fear, the anger, the hurt, the pain in their body, they should read this book, Primal Hacking, because I'm going to lay it all out exactly how you can change your life by just changing your habits and your routines during the day. Well, brother, I'm so grateful that you took the time to hang with me. Um, and this is going to go out in a couple of weeks. I'm backlogged, but it's going to go out everywhere. I'm big on LinkedIn. So that's where cool, know, I get- man. I'm excited, dude. And, uh, I just want to thank Jason Lane Curtis of Bonvera for giving me the best uh, pre-workout energy drink ever and with no crash and no sugar. So um, thank you, Jason. And Marshall, you know that I'm going to be in your corner. I always have been, always will be. I may be a lot of things in life, but loyal is definitely one of them. That's for sure, man. I love you, brother. I love you too, bro. I really appreciate this time. And uh, if you guys haven't yet, make sure you guys download this podcast and you subscribe to Richard's uh, channels. Uh, true leader right here, man. I appreciate everything you do for, for me and for my brothers and sisters in the veteran community that served for this great Okay, one last country. thing I forgot to ask. Um, talk to us for a quick second about Clubhouse because I know you're big on Clubhouse. Oh, no, I'm burnt up. I haven't been on Clubhouse in like two months. No? So that's a wrap? No. Yeah, dude. Clubhouse is interesting. Um Look, this is going to hurt some people's feelings, but I think it's just a bunch of gum flapping over on uh, uh, Clubhouse. It's not, there's not really like a natural flow to it. Um, a lot of hurt and wounded people are able to just have a mic uh, and just spout off what they want to say, which is good and it's therapeutic. Um, and so in that way, for people that are needing healing and needing clarity, it's a great space, especially if you're a good listener. But uh, for somebody like me, like, dude, it, the algorithm sucks over there. It's tough to get people into rooms. Um and it's just not like, it's just, I'm, I'm massive on audio and say live audio for sure. But clubhouse is not it. I feel like clubhouse is the, my space. And it's like the Facebook is about to come and do something. Oh, and it might be Facebook, right. That buys it, buys the technology. But here's the thing. Like if you got shit, you're trying to work out. Definitely. If you are just starting off and you have zero network and you have nothing, definitely 
But if you're at a point where I'm finding it's just like, dude, it's just so much time. You just sit around and you wait and you talk and then, you know, it just goes right on to the next person. And then that person is trying to shoot their shot. And it's like, I don't know. It, it doesn't, one is like, I feel like all the people on stage are just people who are hurt trying to be validated. Most of the people. And I feel like everybody in the audience is just people who are a, a personal development junkie who can just sit there and listen to all that shit for hours on end. It's like, how much stuff do you need to hear until you take action? And so for me, um, the the platform is cool, but it doesn't fit my needs or the way that I really teach. And so for for that, like, yeah, I get on it sometimes if I'm like just kind of killing some time, see what's going on, maybe ruffle some feathers. But um, I'm not, I'm, I'm not, I always, I was sold on it the first month and then I'm just, for me personally, now teach their own. I know people are making money off it. I've made money a couple of tens of that, a couple of uh, multiple five figures off it, but um, it's just not for me. All right, brother. Well, cool. And I love you. And I'm so, I'm so, I can't wait to see what's coming next. And, I, and you know that I, I will always support you. Heck yeah, dude. Same. Likewise, if there's anything I can ever do to support you, big bro, let me know. I love you, man. Thanks to everybody for listening. And I'll catch you guys on the flip side. Hi, brother. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.